Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you are glad to be here on today? Hallelujah. We worship God just because of who he is. Not for what he can do for us, but for who he is in our life. What he's taken us through, what he is, is shielding us through that we have not even yet seen. God is with us. How many of you know that God is with you on today? God is with you on today. Praise the Lord. I thank you for all of you who are here in the building. Um, just praise God for you. Um, if you can turn me a little bit down in the house on the black mic. I mean on the... Uh, um, how many of you know that... Uh, God is just so amazing. I mean, he is, he's blessing us. I thank God for you who are here. Thank you who are watching us on, um, on live stream, on our social media platforms. Uh, we just want to say thank you on today because you could be somewhere else on today, but you chose to be with us. Uh, I do believe that there is a word from the Lord on today. How many of you had a good week on this week? I know I have. Everything may not have gone right, but everything didn't go wrong either. So it was a great week. It's a great week. I know Pastor Lou came on last week and he talked about, uh, you know, things being our perspective, how we see things. Um, and so we appreciate that that word and that uh, encouragement that he gave us on last week. And so what we're going to continue to do, we're going to continue to build on that. We're going to continue to build on um, what God has placed in us. He has placed in each one of us, from the youngest to the oldest, to those of you who are watching us on social media. He's placed in us abilities. He's placed in us leadership. He's placed in us authority. He's placed in us so many things. But we have to learn how to to tap into those things. There are, there are hindrances that will come and try to stop you from tapping into that. And so what we want to talk about today is we want to talk about um, the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear will cause you to move out in what God wants for you to do. Stop you from being the leader that God has placed uh, or has called you to be. Whether you know it or not, you are all leaders here in the building. You are all leaders here who are watching us on live stream. God, somebody's watching you. Somebody's following you. Somebody's taking notes from you. And, and God has called each and every one of us to a specific place and, and to do a specific task. And so we must uh, not allow anything to hinder us from completing that task, from doing what God has called for us to do. And so I want to talk to you today about uh, what is your response under pressure? I want to talk about being under pressure. What is your response under pressure? What, what's your go-to? Sometimes when people are under pressure, they may go and eat. You know, uh, 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 I know sometimes when I'm under pressure, I start craving certain things. Or when I'm under pressure, I may be trying to come up with my own solution. You know, okay, how can I get this? Anybody been there with me? 
Anybody, you know, really? We, we, a lot of times we, we gravitate to certain things when we're under pressure. When we're under pressure. So um, what I wanted to, to say is, is that what is your response under pressure? And I'm going to talk about Elijah on today. What his response was under pressure. Um, when I was uh, thinking about this message, I was thinking about um, a TV show called The Fear Factor. Anybody young enough or I say young enough in here to know about The Fear Factor? You, you do, Jaden? Yeah, Jaden knows about The Fear Factor. It's a reality show where they, they uh, challenge certain people to do certain things. Um, it could be uh, standing and allowing bees to, to just crawl all over you and just consume you. And if you can make it through that, you end up getting $50,000. Or it could be eating uh, nasty worms, you know. Uh, uh, and if you can make it through that, then you end up winning the prize. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, forgetting those things that are before me, behind me and pressing towards the prize of the high calling. I don't mean any harm. If somebody told me to sit down and eat some, some worms, I would have to pass up that $50,000 and say, no, I'm good. You know, they're, they're, I, you know I'm, I, I don't need it. It's okay. I'll figure out another way. You know, and so why? Because of the fear that I have from, okay, these bees are going to sting me, you know, uh, and many of uh, the things that we go through or that we don't do is because of the fact of us fearing what the end result will be. Right. If, If you step out into an unknown area or if you think about stepping out into an unknown area, you kind of pause because of the simple fact, what is the end result is going to be? Anybody ever, I'm a thinker. And so as a thinker, I'm always thinking of the process. And I'm drawing my own narrative of what the end would be. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I'm coming up in my mind of, well, if I do this, if I don't do this, and if I do this step, A, B, and C, the end result is going to be this. Y'all been there? Do, am I the only one that do that? You know, so, seriously. You know, I, I, even on the highway, think about it. If I go down Route 64, is there going to be an accident? I, I'm running late. What's the traffic going to be like? You know, your, your, your mind is always, or I'm coming down, uh, uh, what, what, I'm coming down Kempsfield Road. Uh, am I going to catch every light or what lights am I going to hit? So we're always thinking about the process and what the end result is going to be. And so think about it like this. Our imaginations can take us places that uh, 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 and, uh, and in areas that God has not even tended for us to be. We can go there in our minds and God is I mean, we, we, we're so far off from what God is really saying for what the end result is going to be. And so a lot of uh, what what our imaginations are, a lot of what our fears are, we're looking at it as a life or death situation, but God sees it as another outcome. But in ourselves, we have pronounced 
the, 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 we have committed it to the grave. We have said, no, this ain't going to work. Y'all ever been around somebody you have, and I know I've been there, have a great, great idea. And, and you're like, you can see, man, I can see this work. And, I can, and you share it with the wrong person. And they're a dream killer. How many dream killers do we have? A dream, dream killers. Praise God. And so understand that our imaginations can create a whole scenario that God has never intended for it to be. Think about it like this. We give our fears more power and authority than what they deserve. And we take our fears and we allow them to permit, uh, uh, we, uh, we permit them and allow them to govern our lives. What am I saying? We allow them to say, well, I can't do that. Or, no, you're looking at your pocketbook and God uh, is saying, go over here and pay for this lady's grocery. I can't do this. Why? Because you're looking at your, your, your current situation just not even based upon what God says. It's like when we began to move out in what God says, it's like he will begin to open up the door. We cannot allow our fears to walk in what God, uh, to not walk in what God is calling us to walk in. During this day and time, look at it, y'all. The gas prices are out the roof and steadily going up. And it could have a tendency for you to be fearful. You know what I'm saying? You could be fearful. I'm not driving nowhere. I'm not doing. Fear. Instead of understanding that God is our source to the resource. I've said that before. So don't allow your fears to govern your life and your decision making. How many of you have ever made decisions based out of fear? I'm going to raise my hand. Y'all can tell, be a lie here if y'all want to. I have made decisions based out of fear. I've done some things that were based out of fear and not faith. The Bible says to walk by faith and not by what? Not by sight. And so we... Uh, 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 we cannot allow our fears, our anxieties, our not really knowing everything that's going on. If we go in the route of that, if we go on those emotions and those thoughts, they are only going to take us but so far. So what can we do? What can we do? Let, let me give you a definition of what adversity is, just in case you don't know it. And I probably will not finish this message because I want to be timely. Adversity. Adversity is an event or series of events which oppose success or desire. It's an affliction, a state of unhappiness. But the part of this definition, adversity, is what I want to kind of delve into. An event or series of events. What am I talking about? If it ain't one thing, it's a what? I just came out of this situation and here we go again. I just got rid of this and here we go again. Series of events, which does what? 
It opposes your success. It opposes your success. God tends for us to be successful. He said that I desire that you prosper even as your soul does what? Prosper. It's God's desire that we prosper. As our soul prospers. But it's the enemy that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It's the enemy that comes to try to hinder you from being and reaching the success that God has said is already yours. That's his job. His job is to bring division. His job is to bring fear. His job is to bring that mentality, I cannot do it. His job is to come and to bring a divide between you and your relationship with God. And I'm going to show you this in Elijah's life on today. So what is fear? What is fear? Fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by what? Belief that someone or something is dangerous. It's just a belief. It didn't even say that it was. It's a belief. It's what you think it might be. And then not only that, it's a belief that it's dangerous, but then also that it's likely to cause pain or it's likely to threaten what you're going to do or what you're supposed to do or who you are. So it threatens it, threat. What's a threat? Is threat and actually an action? No, threat It's not meaning that somebody's going to come up and do something to you or has done it to you. It's just a threat. Right? So the enemy, he's he's seeking and he's like a roaring lion. And all his roar is, and we get back down on the roar. He's yelling and he's screaming. Wreaking havoc in our life. It's a threat. It's a threat. Y'all following me? I got to lay this foundation. Me and Pastor Robert was talking, and we started talking about fear. I have a fear, two fears. One is a fear of heights, and one is a fear of guns. I have a fear of guns. I have a fear of heights. My fear of heights has not been uh, uh, validated. My fear of heights have not been substantiated. And what do you mean, Pastor Wendy? When I go up somewhere, I haven't fallen off of the balcony. The thought of what might is causing me to have fear. Y'all know what I'm saying? I I went up in, um, me and Pastor Robert went up in uh, uh, the lighthouse down in um, Cape Hatteras. And I got to the very first platform and I was paralyzed because of fear. Now I'm in here with all of these people encased in a little stairwell, but I'm fearful and cannot move. Nothing has happened to me. But in my mind, I had already saw myself falling down the staircase and falling out of that lighthouse. So we get fearful Not because something has happened, but in our mind, our perspective, our thought process is that this is what's going to happen to me if I do this. Guns, same thing. There's nothing wrong with guns and and, and a fear of guns for me is what the end result might be. 
Not that I'm going to shoot somebody, but I might shoot myself. I'm just keeping it real. So we're always thinking of fear of, uh, think about a fear of water. Oh, I'm scared to get in the water. I had somebody to say, I'm scared to get in the water. I said, even at um, ankle deep, oh, yeah, I'm scared to get in the beach water. Well, you can't, dr- look, I'm scared of drowning. That water won't made for us to get in. I'm scared. Never have, you ain't drowned it, but you're f- afraid to move out. So what God wants us to do is to to, to change the narrative. Don't allow fear to take you in a place and, in, and mentally in a place that God is not intending for you to go. God's not intending for you to go there. And where I, I, I want to get into our text on today. Let's turn to 1 Kings 1 and 3. I want you to understand on today that whatever you're dealing with, wherever you are in life, you remember what I said that God has great things for you to do. He, from the youngest to the oldest. Well, I don't know what it is. You keep on hanging in there. Number one that he wants to do is to continue for you to worship him, continue for you to love him, continue to stay in relationship with him. But there is a campaign that has been launched on the children of God to try to cause them to stray away, to try to call, uh, try to uh, 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 take away their hunger for God and, uh, and put, uh, uh, an importance for God and put an importance on other things. Would you not agree with that? Think about it. COVID came. And churches shut down. Some churches have opened. And even in the opening, people still said, I'm not coming. Why? Because it, the enemy's job is to separate us from our desire and relationship with God. Well, I can get it while I'm at home. But the Bible also says to forsake not yourself to assemble with the saints. Amen. Well, I got my husband at home, the saints, others. That's why we come to church, because number one, God said, he said that I give apostles, preachers and teachers, you know, evangelists for the edifying and the building up of the saints. You can get it at home, but there's something about when you come in person, that touch, that 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 anointing that that is there. And so I I put that plug in there for you that if you're watching at home, say, God, give me a desire to get back out of fear. Some people are still fearful about coming into a building. Let's turn to first Kings. And I'm going to be stopping along the way. First Kings. And this is we're picking up from where over in um, the 18th chapter where Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal. You know, he, it, it was like, hey, you know, make an altar, put a bull, put a bull on it. And, you know, if, 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 if it's consumed by fire, then, you know, so be it. If, if it seems right to serve Baal, then serve Baal. If it seems right to serve God, serve God. And so Elijah was standing for God, 
But there were others that saying, how long will you halt between two opinions? You know what I'm saying? You ever been, oh, I don't know, you know, God, I don't know about God. I don't know if this, uh, halting between two opinions. And so let's look at um, Elijah. Uh, let's look at the first, uh, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, first Kings verses one through three. It said that when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel, Everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. You remember what I said? He killed them all. He, he, he once they didn't, once, once the, the, they called on their God, they even cut themselves. <laughs> like, you know, dancing around, cut themselves. And then Elijah was like, you're not the real deal. I'm going to kill you. Boom. And he knocked them all off. So it says, um, and so Ahab gets home and tells Jezebel what had happened. And so Jezebel sent this message. I need you to listen to this. He sent, she sent this message to Elijah. May the God strike me and even kill me. If by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. So what does that sound like that Jezebel is doing to Elijah? Come on, y'all. Threatening is threatening Elijah. Here it is, this great man of God that done that has killed 450 prophets of Baal. And not only that, he confronted Ahab. And now here it is, this one lady is giving him a threat. Let's look at verse three. So look at from the threat, look at what happened to Elijah. It says, then Elijah was afraid and he did what? He fled for his life over a what? A threat. Had anything happened to Elijah yet? Elijah was fearful and became fearful over a threat. So his mind had already went to how he was going to die at the hand of Jezebel. Y'all understand what I'm saying? That's how the enemy works. He gets in, a, he, he threatens us, and so then we run in fear on something that has not even really happened. Elijah gave the threat more power than what it really deserved. And so he, he fled for his life, and he went to Beersheba, a town in Judea, and he left his servant there. He was like, look. Uh, you know, if I'm a die, I'm a die alone. Anybody, I mean, his, at least his servant could have been there with him and said, come, you know, kind of talked him out of, you know, hey, you know, Elijah, you know, you're running for nothing, man. You, you know, why don't you, why don't you just stay calm? You know, and, and this is what the enemy will have us to do. He will have us to separate ourselves from somebody that can encourage us. Somebody that can say, look, you know what? Come on, girl, we're going to make this thing. We're going to, no, that, well, tell me what you think. Tell me what's going on. No, it ain't as really bad. It's not as bad as what you think it is. Y'all ever been there? It's not as bad as what you have made it to be. You're, and, and literally going back to me and that lighthouse, it, Pastor Robert was right there with me. He was like, come on, baby, you can do it. You can do it. No, 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 no. He was there to encourage me. And I turned around and said, no, you go ahead on and go. When I sat there in fear, 
We cut people loose. We even cut God loose in times of crisis. We're like, God, this ain't working out. I've been serving you. I've been hanging in here. And it's like, this ain't working. God is, would you say, Sister Denise? It ain't for me. Y'all ever say, this ain't for me? It ain't, it ain't the way you thought it would be. And it, oh, this ain't for me. Or we say, this ain't God. And God is saying, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. But one threat from Jezebel sends Elijah running. So my first point is don't be moved by fear. What did I say fear was? Fear is it hasn't happened. It's an emotion, but you're fearful over the threat of what could happen. Caused by belief. So that belief, I need, I need you to, to change your belief system. How do we change our belief system? Through the word of God, allowing faith to arise in us. We change our belief system by taking what the word of God says concerning that threat, concerning that emotion, concerning that fear. What does the word of God says? Find out what the word of God says. That's how we we change it. We don't be moved by it. Let's look at, um, I think I read uh, 914. No, let's go to 19 and 14. Here it is, a threat. Elijah runs, and he's moved by fear. And he went alone into the wilderness, 19 and 4. Traveling all day, he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. Over a threat. Over a threat. God, everybody, everybody is against me. I might as well just give up. Y'all been there before? Oh, this ain't working. I done tried this before, Lord, and, and you know, I, I give up. I give up. Verse 4 says that he went alone and he sat under a solitary broom tree. And prayed that he might die. Now he was smart enough not to commit suicide. So he said, Lord, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to die. He says, I have had enough, Lord. Anybody been in that point where they say, God, I've had enough. Every time I turn around, something is happening. This ain't working out right. This ain't working out right. This ain't work. Lord, I have had enough. Take my life for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died in the wilderness. Now, here it is. A threat caused him to make this statement. We tell God we've had enough because when God has told us to do something and it don't turn out or look right the way we think it should. God, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going, you know, I'm not going to be used by you. God, we sit down and say, Lord, I'm not going to do it. I'm done. Anybody have a, I've told God, look, I'm done. (laughs) It's like, and God said, okay, when you get finished with your little temper tantrum, I'll be back. I'm I'm trying to bring this real. Y'all getting anything from this? 
It's like he says, look, just take my life. Give up on what God has told you to do. You've given up on the possibilities that God has placed inside of you. There is purpose. There is greatness inside of you. But because of adversity, because of fear, because of trials, we give up on what God has placed inside of us. We give up. We say it's too great. It's too much. First Kings 5 and 7, it says that, uh, First Kings 19, 5 and 7, it says, um, let me see if I got the right. Uh, it says, so I am planning to build a temple in honor of the name. I don't think that's where it is. He said it's too great. Point number two, and I think I'm going to. Living in the natural will only take you so far. Go back to verse 5 if you can. 19 and 5. 19 and 5. That's all right. I praise God for the media person back there. It says, so he went down, laid up under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. Next verse. And says he looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank and he lay down again. Next verse says, then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead of you will be too much for you. Let's go to the next one. So he got up and ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength. This is where I want to look at the food. Gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. The food gave him enough strength to travel only 40 days and 40 nights. What am I saying? What food are you eating that's only able to give you enough strength? What what, what do I mean? It's like what I'm saying is, is that living in the natural realm, feasting off of the natural things can only take you so far. But it's when you begin to dive into God, when you begin to see what God says, when you feed off of his spiritual word, when you get your nourishment from the word of God, when you get your nourishment from the spirit of God, it will sustain you. To go further than your flesh could ever take you. Our flesh can only go so far. Fleshly things can only go so far. Our fleshly ideas can only take us so far. What do I mean fleshly ideas? I decide that I'm going to open up a business but God ain't told me nothing. And so I jump in and I'm, I got this going and I put it all together. And two years down the road, it's closed because it's not able to sustain itself. But if I move out and do what God tells me to do, he is going to sustain it. Y'all, y'all following me? Our flesh can only take us so far. Our flesh gets tired. Even me, I'm like, I need a rest. I'm tired. 
You know, I, all this week, I, Pastor Robert, you going to preach? No, mm-mm, no, I'm not going to preach. You got the word. No, I don't. My flesh was tired. My flesh was like, I don't want to do this. But when I began to lay in and get before God, his spirit rose up inside of me and said, mm, this is you can go further. Gave me energy, gave me uh, what I needed to move forward. Y'all walking with me? Our flesh can only take us so far. Uh, I'm sorry, natural food can only take us so far. Living in the natural, thinking carnally can only take you so far. Can only take you so far. Let's look at 1 Kings 19 and 9, and I'm just about done. It says that, Elijah came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, Elijah, what are you doing here? God ever said, what are you doing here? I didn't tell you to come here. Pretty much that's what God was telling Elijah. What are you doing here? Can I get some air on? What are you doing here? And as, has God ever said, you know, what are you doing? Y'all ever, y'all, you may, you may not have heard him say it verbally. But you end up doing something and it ain't working out. You made a decision. And I've been there before. I have made some decisions and I, 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 God didn't open the door, but I pushed the door open. And then when I got through, I was like, oops, this is not the price is right. This is the wrong door. I should have not walked through this. <laughs> yeah, it, it, no matter what I did, didn't go right. And I had to go back out that door. It's like it got the, the, the problem that I was trying to solve ended up getting worse instead of better. So God asked Elijah, what are you doing here? And look at what Elijah said. Elijah, he said. Next verse, uh, 10. He says. Hold on one sec. God asked him twice. But, um, you know, again, Elijah replied, I've zealously served the Lord. You know, God, I ought to get some points for that. I come to church every Sunday. I play the keyboard. I sing. I help with the mission projects at the church. God, I'm doing all of this, and I shouldn't be going through this right now. (laughs) Y'all ever, y'all with me? I'm just kind of trying to make it plain. It says, and then Elijah goes on and says, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant. Now, he went from talking about himself to telling on somebody else. What he was trying, what he was doing was deflecting the attention from himself. He was, he was diverting the attention and what his actions really were. And he began to say what the people began to do. He said, look, he said, they broke your covenant, God. They torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. And now I'm the only one that's left. I'm the only one on the face of this earth that's left. And now they're trying to kill me. God, I'm the only one that's serving you I'm the only one that's paying my tithe I'm the only one that's living right in my household I'm the only one that's doing right in the neighborhood I'm the only one God I'm the only I'm the only I'm the only one that's what Elijah was saying I'm the only one and now God because I'm the only one that's standing for righteousness 
Now the enemy is coming to get me. A threat. Trying to kill a threat. He didn't know that. A threat. So it's, I, 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 I laugh because we get in those situations where the enemy would have us to think that we are the only one that's going through. Where we are the only one that's dealing with what we're dealing with. Where we are the only one that loves God. No, there's a whole earth full of people that love God. And there's a whole earth full of people that are going through. For real. So you're not in it by yourself. You're not in it by yourself. And so instead of Elijah telling God, he telling God the problem, uh, 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 telling God, oh, he, you know, throwing up a smoke screen. Instead of saying, God, look, I am here in this cave because I'm scared because Jezebel threatened my life. I'm here, God, because I was running because Jezebel threatened my life. I'm alone, God. I chose to come in here by myself because I was scared. Instead of Elijah pouring out his heart to God, he poured out, he poured out all of that other smoke screen. Instead of us pouring out our heart to God and saying, God, I don't like the way this is going. I don't like the way I'm feeling. I don't like my heart is hurting. I don't like God, even the way I'm thinking concerning this situation. God, I know that you place better inside of me. God, I'm holding on by a thread. We don't be honest with God. We got to be honest with him. Let him know, God, I'm mentally and physically and emotionally exhausted. I need some rest, God. Anybody ever been there? I get there every week sometimes. (laughs) It's like, wow. Understand that we do not serve a God that's not touched by the feelings of our infirmities. That's over in Hebrews 4 and 15. God knows how we feel. He's a high priest and he understands our weakness. Tell him about it. God, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with this thing. God, I need you to strengthen me. And I'm not talking about anybody in here. I'm talking about myself because I go through things. And it says that he was faced with all the same testings we do. What do you mean? Jesus went through what I'm going through. He felt, yes, he did. So tell him about it. But he didn't sin. Don't let what you're feeling force you into a position of fear, a position of sinning. Our perspective is everything, like Pastor Lou said. And listen to what God did. In 1 Kings 19, 11, and 12, it said, uh, and I, we need to read that verse. It says, God, um, he, he told Elijah, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And he said, the Lord told him as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty wind hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. The sound of a gentle whisper. 
And what I wanted to bring out of this verse, these verses right here is that, listen to me, when all hell is breaking loose around you, it's hard for you to hear the direction of God. When everything seems like it's falling apart or you have put or, or you are in a position where you have been fearful, you're in a position and you're doing things and you have ran and did something out of fear. It is hard to hear what God is saying. And so it wasn't until the gentle whisper that Elijah was able to hear God's voice. What we must do when everything around us seems to be going wrong, when when we need to get direction from God, it is key and very important that we still ourselves and get ourselves in the face of God. So that we can hear correctly. Get ourselves around some individuals that can help us to hear what God is saying. Some praying people. Come on. y'all! I was in a church. You know, we used to sit on the front pews. They don't do it anymore. But they tarry. And, you know, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You know, or either we had shut-ins and prayer meetings where everybody would just come and pray. I want you to know that whenever, when you're facing fears, when you're facing situations, still yourself. Stop loading up your schedule so much. Stop loading up your schedule. Stop getting so many people around you and get alone and get into the face of God so that you can hear God's direction. Because it wasn't until there was peace and all of that was going on that that Elijah was able to hear his next assignment. How do I know that? His next assignment is in 1 Kings 19, 15 and 17. God was letting Elijah know that the assignment over your life because a threat had been placed against you because you chose to run because of fear. You know, I got your attention now. I want you to know that, wait a minute, you're not indispensable. I want you to know that the assignment over your life has not changed. First Kings 19 and 15 says, then the Lord told him to go back the same way you came. Sometimes God is going to tell you, look, I didn't tell you to come this way. You got to go back where you ran from. You got to go back where you left. And I've been there before. You got to go back and apologize to some people. You got to go back and make some things right because you didn't leave that place right. Or you didn't say that right. Or or you walked out the door out of anger and you decided, I'm going to say this. God said, you need to go back and apologize. Get it right. I didn't mean to say that. But then it says, it says, and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive there, anoint Haziel to be king of Aram. Next verse. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, Nimshi. To be king of Israel and anoint Elijah, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel, Maholah, to replace who? To replace you as prophet. To replace you as prophet. So it was, he was anointing Elijah to take his place. But yet Elijah was still to be mentored by Elijah. So the assignments, remember what I said, leadership? 
there may be somebody that God is trying to, that, 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 that thing, you, you know, a lot of times we don't want to share information because we, we want to be the single point of failure. That's what I call it. We want to know it all. We don't want to let nobody know how to do something. And, but God said, anoint him. And so we all know that after Elijah anointed Elijah, Elijah then became Elijah's what? Servant. He was his protege. Because we know that when Elijah got taken up, who was in the place of Elijah? Elijah. So God is saying, anoint him. I still have an assignment for you. And it says that, wait a minute, and not only do I not have three assignments, you're going to anoint Hazel over a king. You're going to anoint Jehu as a king. You're going to anoint Elijah to be prophet in your place. Who are you training? Who are you mentoring? Who are you uh, 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 modeling, allowing to model you to replace you? That doesn't sound right. I don't want nobody to replace me. I'm sorry. I do. I want to be able to sow into other people so that they can know what I know and do it better than what I do. So I can go on to my next assignment. I'm just keeping it real. And this is it right here. God said that in in verse 18, he said, God let Elijah know that he's not alone. If you can pull up verse 18, God told Elijah While you're sitting there thinking that you were the only one, he says, I got 7,000 that have not even bowed down to Baal. I've got 7,000. In verse 18, it says, yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal. In other words, I have preserved some people that are going to be able to be there with you to support you. I've got several individuals that I already have marked out for you that's going to come alongside you and help you. But if you get stuck right here because of fear, you're going to miss what God has for you over here. So what is your response when you're threatened and fearful? And I'm closing. That's all I got. What is your response? Do you run or do you stay? Do you try to change your perspective? Do you try to get into the face of God and say, God, what do you want me to do? I need to hear you and I'm not moving until you tell me to move. Because God, you got some help coming. You got some help. It's in you. It's in you. Okay? Let's bow our heads. Father, we praise you and we thank you, God, because we're not going to be moved by fear any longer. We're not going to be moved by situations, by uh, threats, by nothing, God. But, God, we are only going to be moved by you and what you tell us. For, Father, you said that the footsteps of a righteous man are ordered by you. So we ask that you would order our steps. First of all, Father, um, we understand, God, that we have to have a relationship with you. And so if, if we are out of relationship with you, we're not in covenant with you, 
We pray right now and say, God, that we desire to be in covenant with you and we give our life to you. We surrender our whole being to you, Father, because, God, we want to be in right standing with you. We want to be in right relationship with you. And so we ask, God, we we surrender our hearts to you. We surrender our wills to you, Father, and to say, lead us and guide us. Be our father on today. We know, God, that that you sent your son to die for our sins. And so we receive that gift. We receive what he has done for us on Calvary. We know that he has raised from the dead and that he's on the right hand side of you making intercession for us. And then you sent you left your Holy Spirit, who's our senior partner, to lead us and guide us. And so we receive all of that on today. And then, Father, we, we, we pour out our hearts to you and say, God, there's areas and situations that we have made decisions that you have not even told us to make. And so, God, we repent for those decisions. We even repent for not taking care of our own bodies the way that we should have. We repent of that. We repent of putting things in our mouth that we know would be a detriment to us. We repent, Father, of having individuals around us that we can complain to versus individuals, God, that will come and say, well, I don't want to hear your complaint. I want to hear, let's come on, let's, let's say we can do it. God, place individuals in our life that will speak life to us and not be with us to sit with our pity parties. Place them there, God. Help us to recognize it. God, because we want to be directed and led by you. We want to know what you have for us to do. What the assignment is, speak to us, God. So that we can make the right move. Do the right thing. Change our perspective, Father. So that we can be what you are calling for us to be and we can do what you have called for us to do in this last and evil day. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Those of you who are watching us on live stream, just drop us a comment, drop us a note. Also, you can uh, support this ministry through uh, the various means of giving. If you can put the giving slide up, uh, you can do it through Cash App at Open Altar. You also um, can mail it in at 4992 Euclid Road, um, uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23462. Or you can either text OAWCVA to 833-313-6278. We appreciate you for watching us on today. We hope you join us again. Did you turn the heat down or up? Yeah, it didn't, and I'm sweating. Huh? Let me turn that air on because I, I wash my hair, girl. I don't, I don't need my hair to get. Thank you. Whew. Did it? Oh, wait a minute. The heat is on. Yeah, the heat is on. 
There we go. Oh, I need an envelope. Denise, good to see you this morning. Yes, Joan, Joanne. Please pray for Joanne. She um her she does in-home health care and her client passed away on this week. So we want to keep her lifted in prayer. Everybody got an envelope? Okay. Um, and the other thing, I've received a note from um, from the uh, housing manager down the street. One of the clients that uh, we provide uh, covering over, they have 27 residents. They ended up, uh, did a, a health and health awareness uh, check in his house, and he was in there. They found him in there dead. Yeah, so please keep um, that young gentleman. Uh, I mean, you, as we know, a lot of them go in there as homeless. And uh, he, was a, he was a housing unit resident, and they found him in there dead. So y'all continue to lift him up. Um, while you are writing your checks, or getting your offerings together, what I want you to mark on your date is July the 9th. July the 9th, <clears throat> we are going to have a vaccination clinic here. Um, <clears throat> and the vaccination clinic will be for all ages. And um, also, it will be if you want to get your booster, you can get your booster. Uh, whatever you want, you can get it. But we're also going to do it in conjunction with a, uh, a block party, out-of-school block party. So we are going to have blood pressure screening. We're going to have um, music. Um, Mercy chefs are going to be here. I'm coordinating with them to serve meals. We're going to have fun and games. So we're, we're going to be working towards planning that, okay? So that's on July the 9th, starting at 10 o'clock. So mark your calendars for that if you can, okay? Um, I appreciate everybody being here. Father, we praise you and thank you for everyone on today. Um, we bless you and ask that you would be with us as we leave this place. Bless everyone that has given on today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'll get with you. Well, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir.